You're listening to Agents of Humanity. Presented by the Nicholas Center. The podcast that features conversations about being human. Hosted by individuals who just happen to be on the autism spectrum. Produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. Welcome to Agents of Humanity, presented by the Nicholas Center and produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. New episodes will be available every two weeks on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Join us for each episode as our hosts, who just happen to be on the autism spectrum, talk about everyday life as a human. Sometimes we'll interview very special people, and sometimes we will have conversations between us. In the end, we'll always ask the question, how do you make the world a better place? And become your own agent of humanity! Welcome to Agents of Humanity! Uh, I'm Robert. I'm Jason. I'm Tomas. I'm Tara. And I'm Amanda. And today we have uh, Mr. Thomas Sullivan, the Executive Director of the Westchester Children's Museum. Thank you all for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. So, welcome to Angel of Humanity, Mr. Sol- Mr. Sullivan. Um, I guess the first question is, you are the Executive Director of the West Chester Children's Museum. Um, can can you tell us a little, um, um, a little bit about yourself and what your job entails for the museum? Absolutely. And and Rob, feel free. I can go by Thomas. I, Mr. Sullivan was my dad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, so uh, thank you again. I'm thrilled to be here with you all today. Thank you for having me on the show. And you're right, Rob. I am the executive director of the Westchester Children's Museum. We're located in Rye, New York, right on the Playland Boardwalk, so the big amusement park. The, the oh, history. Playland Park? Yeah, exactly. That's where we are, right? Right up. We have a beautiful water view just like you guys here. Uh, so my job at the museum, I'm the director, so I get to hang out with all of our wonderful wonderful staff. I get to uh, greet field trips when they come in to join us. I get to meet families uh, who become our members and visit us regularly. I get to work with other partners, organizations like you guys and, and help connect the museum to the broader community. I get, I, you know, it's, I think, one of the best jobs in the museum, I think. Um, is, is, is the museum a for-profit Profit museum or a non-profit museum? Oh, wonderful question, Rob. We are a non-profit educational organization. Mm. So yes, just like you guys, we depend on the the <laughs> generosity of the of the community to help support us in everything we do and to make sure that our museum is open and accessible to everybody. So yes, we are a non-profit. Wow. Very very cool. Extremely cool. Um, <laughs> what should a children's museum mean to the community? Oh, a really good question and and a great connection to the last piece. So a children's museum, a lot of, uh, I'll back up and explain a little bit about what it is for folks who haven't necessarily been to a children's museum Mm -hmm. before, Mm -hmm. because there can be a misunderstanding about what our space Mm -hmm. is that, you know, it's, you know, sometimes people think of it as a, you know, just a place to play, although there should Mm -hmm. never be just in front of play. When you learn about early childhood and elementary school age kiddos, the idea that play is learning for them. We, we believe very strongly in that and making sure we have a, a bright and engaging hands-on space for them to play and learn together. And what makes it even more special is you know, it's different than school. They're still learning while they're with us, but 
in our museum, they get to bring their families and everyone along with them. So it's a oh. little different than your regular day at school. Mom and dad or grandma and grandpa aren't sitting with you in, in school, uh, <laughs> but they can come and join you at the children's museum. They can, mm. and even more than that, you know, the children themselves are the drivers of their mm. learning in our space. So uh, our children's museums, we're, about a, we're a medium-sized children's museum. We have mm. about two dozen hands-on exhibits spread throughout our space. They cover all sorts of different topics. You might have heard that STEAM or STEM before, mm. science, yeah. technology, engineering, yes. art, and math. Mm-hmm. All of our activities uh, cover those different content topics. And in many of them are, we call them non-representational materials. Wow. So I give the, the example, you know, a sometimes you've seen for little kids, there's those play sets of, <laughs> of uh, you know, pretend food or pretend mm. money or pretend <laughs> things like that, which are, you know, they're, they're cool. I, I get mm-hmm. it. But mm-hmm. sometimes those can be a little limiting for your imagination. So we, mm-hmm. a lot of our materials don't necessarily look like anything specific <laughs> because children use their imagination. They mm-hmm. pretend they make believe. Mm-hmm. And when you have the different activities and materials that mm-hmm. are open-ended, then the types of play that they that you see the types of play that you see are so much bigger and, mm. and broader and more imaginative. So those that's that's our space. We're we're mm. a big family learning space. We also welcome in a lot of field trips too. A lot of the local schools mm. come and join us during the week. I enjoy storytelling. I understand you do too. Can you tell us about your love of storytelling and theater and the connection of to education? Absolutely, yes, and you you touched on it. So my uh, my undergraduate is in theater. So I started in musical theater. I love mm. I've as a kid I did lots of productions and singing and dancing yeah. uh, on stage. I did plenty of fun musicals, and that for me was the start of the that love of storytelling. Mm. I loved connecting with the audience, sharing that story mm. of of the theater. Uh, my whole family, they're all in education, too. So my mom was a teacher for 40 years. My dad was a superintendent of a school district. My grandpa was a school psychologist. My grandma was a preschool teacher. Everyone were teachers. So that that was very uh, important for me, too. So I did end up in the classroom as well. I was a preschool teacher for about five years uh, in New York City uh, while I was doing theater. And uh, I also taught elementary school science. Uh, so I've, I've loved that storytelling in the classroom too. And then uh, after a little while in the classroom, I thought, you know, the things we're doing here are so special. They're so much fun. We have to share them with a broader audience. We have to, that, that theatrical side kicked in. And I found museums. I found hands-on museums as a wonderful space to take the same exciting things we were doing in the classroom that that joy of discovery and play and bring it to a much, much, much bigger audience. Mm. So I got the chance to, my first museum job was at Liberty Science Center in Jersey City. So a very yes. huge science I've been center. there. Yeah, I've been there. Been? Wonderful. I actually have been there myself. So, so, I used so, to go yeah, when I was a little kid. Wonderful. Um, I'm not, I haven't been there in a while. Want to go back sometimes because I've heard it's very much expanded. So I want to go back wow. sometime soon, hopefully. Yeah, it's a wonderful, it's a great science center. It is, it's very special. I love interesting museums exhibits. Can you tell us about your experience designing and creating museums exhibits? Is there a cool new exhibit you are working on? 
Well, that's a wonderful question and definitely one of my favorite parts of the job. No. Uh, so because we're still kind of a small children's museum, in addition to being the director, I also get to be the head of exhibits too, which is kind of fun. So cool. I get to lead a lot of the design and building of many of the exhibits in our space. And this was something I had done for a lot of other children's museums and science centers too. And it's, I think, one of the most fun jobs because it is the, it's that storytelling that you get to yes. learn from what people yeah, want yeah, to learn yeah, about yeah, in yeah. a museum and figure yeah. out the best way to create mm. a space. It's different than being a teacher yeah. who creates a lesson, yeah. but it's similar. Yeah. Instead of creating that lesson or the, the worksheets or the activities or the test, you're creating an environment. You're creating mm. a space for them to discover mm. the learning on their own. So it's, it's like teaching, but it's a slightly different approach. So you get to think about uh, all the different entrance points. So say you're building an exhibit about sharks, for example. Mm -hmm. You'd want to know what people want to know about sharks. What are the things they care about? What are the things they're confused about? And that can help you understand and create the different exhibit points within the overall exhibition. Oh, that's a little that's a little museum terminology for you all. If mm. one ex there's one exhibit and many exhibits together create an exhibition. So sometimes people refer to as a, ho a whole exhibition as an exhibit, and that can be a little confusing. So if you're thinking about a, a, a broader one, that's a whole exhibition. But I've, I've gotten to design so many fun ones. I worked on, uh, at Liberty Science, mm. I worked on the Rubik's Cube exhibition. Oh, that was a lot of fun. Whoa. It was really neat. I see. Um, mm. and there, oh, at several other spots at other children's museums. Uh, right now at Westchester Children's mm. Museum, we just opened a brand new exhibition called Play Around the World. And it is uh, centered on how families play in three different Asian cultures, Japan, China, and Ooh, South Japan. Korea. Nice. And it's, been, it's really fun. The, the China section has a panda vet where the kids get to pretend and help uh, baby pandas get better with uh, baby bottles and bandages Aww, and, and panda nice. x-rays and things like Thank that. You. Um, uh, there, and what's really fun about that, ex uh, that exhibition uh, is it's really just the start. So Play Around the World is going to be a new ex uh, exhibition series for us. Yes. So after we've done this one for a little while, we're going to do uh, additional cultures. Yes. And that we can start to bring in other groups, other other uh, cultural groups around the where the museum mm. serves mm. to get even more information about what types of cultures mm. we can do within that exhibit series. Let me think. There's one other one cool one I wanted to tell you about. Mm -hmm. uh, we're working with Con Edison, uh, the utilities mm. company. They mm. are helping us build a wild weather exhibition. Oh, oh very cool. Oh, very cool. cool. Like, so we have two pieces right now, and there are more coming over the next year or two. Right now we have the one that is finished and up and running is our mist tornado. So it's a tornado, tornado generator. Oh, wow. that's cool. Really yeah, tornado generator. Tall. It's, it's quite cool. That is amazing. It is really neat. You can press the button and it creates a, a tornado. You can get inside and yeah. mess up the tornado and watch it form again. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And then right next to it, the, ne the yeah. exhibit next to it is a be a weather reporter. Mm -hmm. So you get to go in front of a green screen and predict and tell the weather, all the different yes, things that yes, are happening. Yes, yes, I've actually done that once. That's a fun once, one. Once wow. when I was younger. I remember I, I, I remember, I remember they had something sim sim similar at the LI Children's Museum. Yes, yeah. It is a popular children's museum. Exhibit. Oh, yeah. Yes, cool. for sure. So those are a couple that we're working on now. Huh? There's a there's a bunch more down the pipeline, though. We're, we're excited. <laughs> I do agree. 
That's cool. Yeah. I'm um, gonna try it out sometime. Yeah. Oh, you guys are more yeah, than welcome. Yeah, We'd love yeah, to have yeah, you. Yeah, so actually, wait. One quick question. Um, what is the square footage of the museum? Great question, Rob. So we are twenty-two thousand square feet. Very, very cool. It's wow. it's it's small, wow. but I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. you can use this space very effectively. We do. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. You're right. So, and that that's what I mentioned earlier. We uh, we are a medium sized children's museum. Yeah. So there are much. There are very very small ones out there that are just the size of a small store, and then there's huge yeah. children's museums too. So we're right in the middle there. Yes. Yes. Cool. Yes. And we're actually, I'll tell you too, we're uh, in a historic building on Playland mm-hmm. campus. We are in what's called the North Bathhouse. So a long time ago, when people came to visit the beach and the pool, like this a, was where they changed into their like bathing suits. It's a locker room. Like it was a locker room. Big, huge open Locker space. Yes, yeah, yeah. kind of, yes. But now it's been completely transformed. It's a big, open, bright space, <laughs> beautiful skylights, lots of sunshine. Very cool. It that is. It's, cool, it's yeah. almost 100 years old. It'll turn, the yeah. building will turn 100 in 1928. Yeah. Uh, or in yeah. 2028. That yeah. is a long time ago. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wow. A long time ago, yeah. I was wondering that the moving image is still around. The Museum of the Moving Image? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've been there. I think I've I think been there so. too. Yeah, it's still I there. there. It's I still there. So, yeah. It's still it's there. It's a great museum. It's still intact. Oh, uh, that's awesome. I guess how 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 specifically do you engage with the community to help build these these exhibits? That's a great question. So, you know, the museum engages the community in all sorts of different ways. Uh, for example, one of the ways we want to make sure that everyone has access mm-hmm. to the museum. Mm-hmm. So, we work with lots of different childcare uh, organizations ones that work with caregivers, ones that work with teachers to make sure they know about our space and can come in and use it with their students Mm. and the children they care for. Uh, We work with cultural groups to help inform the different types of exhibits that we focus on. And we work Mm. with the Nicholas Center as a way to bring in folks and help us learn how to serve people from all different places. So I think, you know, those those are some of the best ways that we get to work with the community. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Maybe, maybe, maybe in the future, the Nicholas Center can help design an an exhibit. Hopefully, maybe. I like that idea a lot. We would welcome that. That would be so much fun. Yeah. Some of the best exhibits are the ones that are designed with the community partner friends together. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We appreciate your commitment to being inclusive and offering the Nicholas Center the Nicholas Center volunteer opportunities as play ambassadors. Can you tell us how about how you feel about being an inclusive all-access museum? We were so excited when we met Jeremy and mm. uh, began the conversations around bringing Nicholas Center friends into the museum as our play ambassadors. We were so excited. In addition to it being fun for the Nicholas Center folks, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. saw it as a really important opportunity for the museum mm. to learn how to serve everybody. So not every business knows how to do things like this. And, you know, the museum, while we are really good at a lot of things, we're not necessarily the experts in everything. So it's super important Mm -hmm. for other organizations Mm -hmm. that we connect with folks like you guys to help us become a better museum, to help us become a better and more inclusive space. So it's Mm -hmm. super uh, beneficial for us, too. So we're, (laughs) we're thrilled about it. And we look forward to every Wednesday when the when the Nicholas Center crew comes. It <laughs> brightens up the whole museum when they come and play. They've gotten to know so much of the staff, uh, our museum, because uh, we have a lot of members who come regularly, mm. sometimes mm. once or twice or even three times mm. a week. 
So some of the Nicholas Center crew are getting to know our regular members too, which is wonderful. We, you know, Ooh. as a museum, we are, we think it's really important to lead by that example too. So other people see that as a business, mm-hmm. as the museum, that we are opening our doors. We're making this a part of what we care about. So, and, you know, we've, we've, we talk mm-hmm. about it with other uh, organizations and groups that we talk mm-hmm. uh, and say, we're having so much fun with the Nicholas Center <laughs> and, and the folks that come in and join us. But yes, it's been it's been spectacular. The, the museum <laughs> staff loves it. We're having so much fun. How does the Nicholas Center team interact with your staff and guests? Wonderful question. So the the Nicholas Center team, when they join us every Wednesday, they check in at the front desk just to say hi to that front desk team, and then they mm. head into the museum mm. and they do a lot of the most important jobs that are happening in the museum. So some of the other some of the work that is important of hap- that uh, happens. Some of the important work on a museum floor, like a children's museum, the Mm -hmm. exhibits, our exhibits are different than, say, a natural history museum. We don't have anything behind glass. We don't have Mm -hmm. any do not touch signs. We don't have any of that stuff. Everything is for touching. Everything is for playing with. Mm -hmm. So that's a little different approach to the other museums. So Mm -hmm. our exhibits, they need a lot of care. And the Nicholas Center really helps with that care. There's a couple of different things. The most important one Mm. is putting it all back. So especially when littles, when they come to play, sometimes they don't always put everything back the way it was when they found it. Oh, yeah. Which is okay. They're little. They're learning. It's part of it. I mean, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a super important part of the helpers in the museum is putting it all back because we've found, we've noticed Mm -hmm. that if uh, an exhibit space is too messy, then people don't want to play with it. Uh, But also the the neat thing is if it's too clean, people don't want to play with it either. So one of the, it's, it's that really interesting Goldilocks of not too clean, not too (laughs) messy. Like, yeah. Like exactly. So like setting it up, 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 in a way that invites people to play with it. That exactly. I see. We call that a provocation to play invite them in. Hmm. But yes, yeah. helping to create those exhibit provocations, yeah. that's a really important part of what they yeah. do. So seeing an exhibit that's mm-hmm. maybe a little too messy and going to it and putting it together. Mm. And the other, I think, probably the most important part is playing with the visitors, mm. having those connections yes. between the families. Yes, I guess. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's, exactly. I think Indeed. that's probably one of the most the most important parts. Um, um, and um, how has their presence affected life at the museum? How has it made the museum, like, but um, um, for the better, for the better? I definitely think it has really improved the museum environment. We love those. We love Wednesdays when when the Nicholas Center comes. the The team is always excited. the The bright smiles and and happy uh, uh, personalities coming into the space. It's you know it's it's kind of hard to not have fun in a children's museum. It's it's a pretty happy place from the start, but it does. It really, it creates an even more open and welcoming environment. And I especially like what it shows the visitors that, you know, they, we want every child to think of it as their children's museum. I grew up outside of Pittsburgh and Mm. I still call Pittsburgh Children's Museum my children's museum. (laughs) That's where I played. I played there as a kid. So, and if every child that comes to Westchester Children's Museum, if they say that, if they say Mm -hmm. this is my children's Mm -hmm. museum, then Mm -hmm. then we're doing it right. And it's partnerships like this that create that welcoming, happy space Mm. that encourage children to feel that it is their children's museum. So I think you've been incredibly helpful in creating that 
welcoming, happy space. What museums have you been to that you really enjoyed and that like stuck out to you and made a presence on you? Well, yeah, well, yeah, well. I mean, I've been to several. I've been to I've been to the Liberty Science Center, which we mentioned like 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 like, like back in my middle middle school days. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I've been to uh, the Museum of the Movie, Times Modern Souls Wax Museum, um, Ripley's Believe It or Not, um. One of the museums I've been to just uh, very recently is um, the I went to Austin for the F1 race just this past week, and they had like classic F1 cars um, there, 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 which I got to see, like Artin Senna's car, um, Jai Stewart's car, Nigel Mansell's car. So, so that, so that, that was very cool, cool to see. Hmm. Austin has an awesome children's museum. I think they have one yeah. of the best names of children's museums I've ever heard. It's called the Thinkery. Yeah, I've always liked that. That's such a cool. Yeah, name. yeah, yeah. I, I was really in Austin. Awesome they museum. have the F one race every year. I was in Austin recently for that, and I got to see the like a car museum. That's cool. For that. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I've been to the Cradle of Aviation Museum a lot. Like I like I like. Besides liking the airplanes, I also like that they do this thing where they have like these cool fun promotions like uh like the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo that I've been to many times. Cool. That sounds yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't yeah, been to a, that one yet. I yeah, need to yeah, it's visit. a massive massive space. It's really, so they do like uh cool. really big to They do like long 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 Island Comic Con there as well. They do like uh long long yeah. long long um Long Island board game and tabletop gaming expo, board and tabletop expo. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So they uh, like do do more than just like planes and stuff now. That's neat. Yeah, well, and that's uh, that's a museum doing their job, hearing yeah. what the community wants from them and <laughs> responding to it. Yes, that's what yeah, we're supposed yeah. to do. That's great. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Where else have you guys been? What are other fun museums that uh, that you love that you've been to? Um, I've been to uh, the Star Wars one. I've been to Titanic one. I went to the Self Image. I went to Ripley's, like Robert said. And Oyster Bay has its own railroad museum as well. Very cool. Very nice. Have you? Have, how about the Natural History Museum? In the oh city? yeah, I've been there. I think I've been there too when I was a kid. Yeah. I've also once went to Ripley's when I was a little kid too. Mm-hmm. There's That's a movie behind the um uh Natural History movie. <laughs> the The Night at the Museum. Yeah, that's very oh, yeah. cool. Yes. Yeah. I've been to that uh. Money museum. Tell us yeah, about, about it. the coins. They come all shape and sizes, such as the uh, penny, mm. nickel, mm. dime, mm. and also a quarter. I wish I like to go back there again. Oh, I always I went to Hearst Factory, um, the museum. Actually, it wasn't a museum. It was like, it's like um, potato chips, like how they make. Like potato chips. Yeah, I went to Hershey's as well. Oh, you mean like a chocolate factory? Exactly. Hmm. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Oh yeah, and the, and the Very awesome. Coca-Cola one in oh, Georgia. Coca-Cola one, Tara. Nice. Yeah, yeah. We're, 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 we're all I've been all over the um, place. <laughs> um, um, what has surprised you about working with the Nicholas Center? How do you see the partnership between us and the, and the, and the museum growing? I think, you know, I, I nothing has surprised me so far. I knew it was going to be a lot of fun, and it has been, and I'm really thrilled about it. So I think 
if anything, I think we can definitely keep partnering. I think there's more opportunities. Mm. We'd love to have you guys during more days of the week and uh, uh, beyond just Wednesdays. And I think we have a lot to learn from you all mm. and the, the ways to make the space as in, as inclusive as we possibly can. We have opportunities to build exhibits together, I think. There's, there's mm. many, many different partnership mm. uh, growth opportunities that I think we can explore. And I love it. I'm excited for it. Um, yeah, um, cool. that's, that's, that's honestly extremely cool. I do see, I, yeah, I do hope that Spectrum of Westchester can keep coming and improving the museum, hopefully. I think discovering things is really cool. What does joyful discovery mean to you? How do you off offer that at the museum? That's a wonderful question. Joyful discovery that is very important to us also. Uh, just like we talked about a little bit ago, for young children, play is the best way mm -hmm. for learning. Mm -hmm. That allowing them to explore and discover, research shows that is what makes things stick in your brain. That's mm -hmm. what makes new knowledge become a part of your brain when you get to play with it. So mm -hmm. that, for us, that's why we create the types of exhibits we create. Mm -hmm. So that children can build that mastery of the skills, mm -hmm. explore the things that mm -hmm. they have experienced through play. So for us, that's our main mission, creating discovery uh, mm -hmm. opportunities for the, the young children and the families we serve. Nice. Cool. That's very interesting. Um, actually, one of the best exhibits I've seen at a museum is probably the, uh, I went to Italy once and they, and, and, and I went to the Ferrari Museum, actually, I'm a big car guy, I'm a big car guy, and the best, prob prob probably the best exhibit is that, um, Ferrari actually had, like, a $500,000 simulator in their factory that actually, you, you actually, like, felt the car moving as you drove it. It's like the wind and stuff. It was like a convertible stuff. Like you felt the wind and stuff. They had like fans. Like you, 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 you could feel 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 like some 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 of the G forces as 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 you turned. So 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 that was really cool. Thomas, thank you for being our guest. We ask all our guests as an agent of humanity. How do you make the world a better place? Yeah, a wonderful question. I think. I, I try to make the world a better place by making the Children's Museum as open and playful and joyful as it possibly can be. And coming to uh, talk with people like you about the importance of Children's Museums. Mm. Yeah. I, have a, you know, I have a dream that if we all understood just how important Children's Museums are, wouldn't it be wonderful just, just like every town has a library? or has mm -hmm. several schools. Wouldn't it be great if every town had their own children's museum too? That way so many more children could get to play in these types of spaces. Yeah. That's what I'm certainly working towards. The more spaces like a children's museum, the better off our whole culture will be because they'll be starting at, from those young years in such a uh, playful and joyful and uh, uh, exciting learning space. Mm. That's so nice. So I have a question. Mm -hmm. um, how did you get started working in the museum as the director? <laughs> so that's a, that's a great question. I This is actually my first director job. So before this, I worked uh, in other jobs in the museum. Mm. Uh, I've been, I was uh, head of education at a children's museum, head of exhibits mm -hmm. at, a, at another place. 
uh, and I over time I built up enough experience to understand how the whole museum works not just the education and exhibit mm. side but also the facilities also the fundraising also the the membership <laughs> all the all the other pieces that make the whole thing work and uh, that was that was my hope and 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 goal was to find a children's museum that was looking for a new director and wanted to create a new path forward and the Westchester Children's Museum was it and I just had my year anniversary as the director last week so wow it's, I'm very excited That's yeah it's great. been a great first year congrats thank you Woo-hoo! it's been a great very first cool, year very cool, very cool. Um, how are the logistics run, run, running the museum? Like, when do you take exhibit out? When do you put them in? Like, how, how, how do the, how do the, how does the logistical, um, 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 logistical side into the museum work? That's, I like that question because that's fun. That's the backstage museum stuff. I yeah, really, yeah, I yeah. like that for sure. So yeah. it really, it really depends on the exhibit. So for us, especially like we talked about earlier, ours are different than other museums. Yeah. They get touched by thousands of people a week. So it's not like... Yes, you, the you will probably have to clean, clean them quite a bit. Yeah. We clean them every day. And we're really, we're really proud of our cleaning schedule. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so like at the Natural History Museum, the dioramas of all those beautiful environments, those are 100 plus years old. They've, they yeah. don't have to change those for <laughs> us because nobody's touching them. For us, yeah. things get broken over time. And oh. We understand that. We know that. We, we build it into the understanding of the exhibit <laughs> maintenance. So yeah. after a while, you know, uh, one, one reason uh, a re- an exhibit gets retired or changed uh, is if it's just been out for a while and mm. the materials have run out. Sometimes yeah. that happens. Mm. That it's, yeah. That's just the end of it. It's been used. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then other times we have uh, mm-hmm. an outside company mm-hmm. or uh, group wants to create an exhibit with us. Another one we're working on right now, it's called Fit City. It's a human body focused cool. exhibit. Yeah. And, uh, the White Plains Hospital yeah. are the ones who are helping. They, they were the donors and donors, the, yeah. the supporters of that exhibit. So that yeah. one will come and be with us for a little while. And then White Plains Hospital will take it and put it in a couple of their different spaces. So that's mm-hmm. another reason that sometimes they change. Sometimes yes. they move on to somewhere mm-hmm. else. Yes. We'll also be getting some traveling exhibits. That's a whole wow. other part. Some of all of our exhibits right now are permanent exhibits with us. Mm-hmm. But we, as we get a little bit bigger and grow, we'll start to build that traveling exhibit catalog. Do you want to like in. rotate, to like rotate mm-hmm. them? Exactly. See. Helps mm-hmm. keep pe- things new and different for, yeah. for the visitors. We want to always have something fun and surprising and mm. playful to, to greet them. Yes, yes, agreed, agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess other questions is um, how um, how do you get the exhibit, like, like again, logistically, how, 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 how are the exhibits, like, physically brought into the museum? Like, how do you physically mm. bring in the exhibits to the museum? Depending on the size of the pieces, sometimes they are delivered by, we, the big one that just came, Play Around the World, that was mm. delivered by a big truck and brought in wow. through our loading dock doors and yeah. big forklifts coming through the museum Whoa. of all the pieces. Sometimes they arrive in small pieces. Sometimes we build them on site. Mm. I, yeah. Some cool. of the exhibits I've built in the workshop uh, that, yeah. and we get the pieces from different yeah. places and put them together on site. So really it depends on what the exhibit is, but they can come from mm. all different types of places. Very, wow, very cool. Interesting. Cool. So last question. Um, I guess um, how 
Um, what does being a diverse museum mean to you? What does mm-hmm. helping foster neurodiversity mean to you as, an, as, as a museum director? A children's museum's first job is to reflect the community mm. that they're in. Mm. Yes. If we can create as many different open doors to being that town square for a family, for a child in their first 10 years of life, then that's the goal. So, and creating those neurodiverse opportunities is absolutely a part of it too. So that's why we're so thankful for the partnership with Nicholas. We are learning so much, we are growing, and we're thrilled to be a part of that learning and growing for you all too. Yes. Yes, agreed. Completely agreed. Um, 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 I'm glad that you feel um, feel that way. <laughs> so uh, it's been such a pleasure having you on. Thank you, Mr. Sullivan, for coming. Thank you, uh, thank you to coming. everyone for watching um, and listening. We will be right back. This is George, Fred, and Jason, the co-leaders of Speak, interrupting to say that we hope you're enjoying this episode, but please make sure to check out our new show, The Speak Podcast, another great show produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. New episodes available every two weeks on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Each Speak talk is about six to ten minutes in length, and the talks are given in storytelling format. There are three key moments in each Speak talk. The moment of truth, the moment of transformation, and the moment of impact. We host pop-up events all over the world, and now we're bringing our talks to your device. Join us on the Speak Podcast as our speakers step onto the stage and into the spotlight with impactful ideas and stories. We'll let you get back to the show you were listening to, another great podcast from Launchpad 516 Studios. You're listening to Agents of Humanity, presented by the Nicholas Center and produced by Lunchpad 516 Studio. So today we had such a great conversation with the executive director, Thomas Sullivan, of the Westchester Children's Museum. And I thought that maybe we could start off by talking about what you guys think museums do for the community. Like, why do you think we have museums? To help us learn. Like, sometimes they do, like, like notably in the Cradle of Aviation Museum. Like, I see them do, like, this. They do this thing called a Cradle Con. And, like, I also remember they do this thing called a... Long, they, they've been having the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo. Nice. Um, 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 I would say that um, I think museums provide a great place for families to go and a great place for once-in-a-lifetime experiences to happen for people. It helps us learn about uh, everything so you can uh, play whatever you want. I think um, museums are... A great place to be in when you first go in the door the place looks nice you never experience what you see and what you do yeah and i think it's cool that every museum kind of has a theme right like if we think about it 
Um, the Westchester Children's Museum has a playful and joyful theme for children to be able to learn. Cradle of Aviation is mostly based around airplanes, right? Um, the MoMA in Manhattan is based off of like modern art. So there's so many different themes and ways we can learn about history and it's really incredible. Agree on that. Um, yeah, I completely agree that there's a lot of different ways that we can learn about history and learn like about art and, you know, learn, 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 learn about even science and technology. I think that there's great ways we can learn through art, technology, through, 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 through not only art, but also science and technology through museums. Yeah, and it's it's really cool that he really tries to make the Westchester Children's Museum so neurodiverse and accessible and interactive and to have a multitude of exhibits because that really helps children, right? Like if you have, um, say, a culture exhibit and you're able to play different ways that people play around the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it helps the child understand that culture better. Yeah, it helps a child who really might not know much about how other people live in other places, mm. you know, to to learn about these things. And I think that's important for growth and as we get older, right? Yeah. Don't doesn't like doesn't does museums have like a look a little activities to find like a like a little treasure hunt yeah sometimes museums have interactive type of exhibits so maybe it's yeah finding a treasure maybe it's um being able to touch and feel something maybe it's watching a video right there's so many different things yeah that the museum is a nice place of a a good thing because um, it'll teach us learn good things and have fun. How do you think the partnership with the Nicholas Center with the Westchester Children's Museum is beneficial? Like, how do you think that's maybe help inspired exhibits at the museum, Robert? Yeah, yes, yes, I think. Um, um, well, yeah, well, I think that it's helped me the museum more neurodiverse. Um, it's helped maybe the children to understand what autism is and help. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and maybe, and maybe, uh, yeah, 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 maybe, and maybe realize that autism is more prevalent than they think. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe the spectrum in, in, in individuals have, have had very special, special interactions with like the autistic elementary schoolers. Yeah, and I think this, which is very cool the sensory aspect to it, right? Like being very interactive, being able to touch things, being able to move things, yeah. being able to learn is even beneficial yes. for individuals from the Nicholas Center, right? Because yes. that could be really helpful for an individual to be able to learn that way too. I think that this is really good that they did like a at the Nicholas Center and. The Westchester Children's into like a partnership. I think that's really great. Well, it was a great conversation, guys. It was so nice to meet Thomas. Mm-hmm. And can't wait for the next one. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Oh, bye. Bye. So long. Thanks for having me, guys. Toodaloo. Agents of Humanity is produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. 
Executive produced by George Andriopoulos. Our theme song, The Neverless Sea Pursuit, is by Bonnie Grace. Music and sound effects licensed through Epidemic Sound. Agents of Humanity is hosted with Podbean. This podcast is presented by the Nicholas Center, a human services agency that's revolutionizing the way autistic people learn, live, and work. Make sure to subscribe to this feed wherever podcasts are available and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts while you're at it. Follow the Nicholas Center at the Nicholas Center on Facebook, at Nicholas Center on Instagram, and at Nicholas-Center on LinkedIn. Visit our website, tncnewyork.org, for more information, upcoming events, or to donate. Please make sure to follow all the great podcasts produced by Lunchpad 516 Studios.